0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Play.
1: Full-time play. fantasy. All right, we're back. Hour number two, full-time fantasy. I'm Dr. Roto with you here till 4 p.m. And I'll be here tomorrow. It's Mrs. Roto's birthday tomorrow. Yes, that's right so hopefully she'll have a great one and then uh, i won't be here on friday i got to take the little roto to sleepaway camp he's going to be gone for a month so he asked if i was going to miss him of course the answer is yes you know of course you miss your kids at that second you're like no no goodbye see ya and then two seconds after the leave you're like oh i miss him so certainly i uh, hope he has a great summer but a uh, very busy time of year here at the roto household but it's a very busy time of year right now in fantasy football So I've got this draft board from last night. So uh, let's take a squint at what happened. It was a best ball league, but I I won't concentrate on that aspect. I'll concentrate on, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and what people did. Um, So the first round, Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Elliott. Now, yesterday we saw a draft with Devontae Adams. I think these are the top four. This is how they should go. David Johnson went five. I think this year's draft, pick number five is going to be the interesting pick because I think you're going to have people go Johnson. You're going to have people go Hopkins. You're going to have people go Adams. You're going to have people go all over the place at five. The first four, I think you kind of know the running back, running back, running back, running back. And then pick five is when it's going to start to go in different directions. Pick six was... Joe Mixon? I just think, I don't know, man. I just feel it's early. I think it's early for Joe Mixon. I just wouldn't take him six. I get why you would, but I don't think I would. I would take Melvin Gordon first. I'd take Le'Veon Bell first. I just don't see me taking Mixon. I just don't. I don't, I don't picture it. I don't picture me taking Mixon at six. In fact, I mean, no, I wouldn't. Because I think the next two players are Devonte Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Why wouldn't I get them? I just don't know what Zach Taylor's going to do. I think, remember, one of the things I like about fantasy football is there's an element of predictability. There is. Even though I don't know who's going to get the carries, you kind of do. But the unpredictable nature of this is the new head coach. What is he going to do? He comes from the Rams tree. The Rams did use Gurley. I assume he's going to use Mixon. But have you seen Andy Dalton? He sucks. So you're saying, but Dr. Runo, if Andy Dalton sucks, why wouldn't you think Mixon will be good? Because if I'm playing the Bengals, I'm sticking a man in the box to stop Joe Mixon. And I'm begging Andy Dalton to beat me. That's how I'm going to play him? You think I'm going to let Joe Mixon beat me? I'm going to say, put eight guys in the box. I'm going to go one-on-one against the receivers. And I'm going to take my shot that Andy Dalton sucks. And I think I'm going to be right. So Adams goes. Hopkins goes. Michael Thomas goes. I think Michael Thomas is getting very overlooked this year. Tell me the second receiver on the Saints. Who is it? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Ted Ginn? Really? He's that good? Seriously? Trey Smith? Really? Keith Kirkwood? Austin Carr? Cameron Meredith? You feel inspired by any of these guys? Maybe the second best receiver is Jared Cook. So how is Michael Thomas not a great pick? You're going to say 100 catches. Drew Brees is going to funnel the ball to him. And nobody can stop Michael Thomas big, strong, fast, good, good receiver. 10 is Melvin Gordon. Love that pick. 11 is Le'Veon Bell. And 12 is Julio Jones-Roto. And now this next pick absolutely confounds me. The team who picked 12 took Julio Jones and Antonio Brown. Is this 2016 or 2019? If this is 2016, kudos to you. Maybe you're dyslexic, but I think we're in 2019 and I don't like it. I don't take Antonio Brown over Beckham, Juju, Connor, Cook. I don't do it. I will do it. But I will say this about this draft. Maybe people are listening to our radio show. Maybe people are finally getting the message because Travis Kelsey did not go until the very end of the second round. He was the third to last pick of the second round. George Kittle was a second pick of the third round, and Zach Ertz was a fourth-round pick. Now you're starting to think. So in front of Kelsey, round two is Brown, Beckham, Juju, Connor, Cook, Evans, Chubb, Hilton, Thielen, then Kelsey, then Gurley. I would have gone Gurley, then Kelsey, but I get it. I get what that guy did. Then Stefan Diggs. And A.J. Green. So, good for them. Now, I think the team that picked Kittle made a monumental mistake. Big mistake. You're McCaffrey. You're Gurley. You really want to go Kittle here? And then he made another mistake taking Pat Mahomes at four in the fourth round. I didn't see that. Mahomes is going to go anywhere between rounds three to rounds five this year. That's where he's going. Three to five. And I, I love Patrick Mahomes. I do. I love him. I had him last year. I had him in 90% of the league. he won me a lot of money. That's fact. Anybody can tell you what they want. You know I was on Mahomes. You know I gave him out to you. You didn't believe me. But I think you can't pick Mahomes this year. It's just too soon. Our job this year is to find this year's Mahomes. Who is this year's Mahomes? Right? Because I don't ever want to waste a fourth round pick in one of our drafts on a quarterback. I just don't want to do it. Not at four points for a touchdown pass. Not with Tyreek Hill possibly not being around. So I don't want to bore you. I apologize. Uh, but I have a really good, interesting take here from a guy. So here's the guy. Uh, um, so his name is Fantasy Football Auction Expert. And somebody sent me this string. And he says that uh, the first thing I see missing in most Tyreek kill takes is the role of children's services. Okay? Anytime charges are filed involving a minor, the court must always defer to children's services on sentencing. Any sentence involving a guilt, a plea or a guilty right, it has to, for that, so here's the thing. Assuming he has a lawyer worth his retainer, he will not admit to any wrongdoing in regards to this child. Why? Because this guy says it's not smart for him, and this guy's a lawyer, to admit that he caused any harm. Because if he does, They're going to lose this kid. The kid will come out of the home, right? So they cannot say that they did anything wrong. Oh, nothing happened. He fell, right? Because otherwise, Children's Services is going to pull little Tyreek Junior out of the house. Now, here's the rub: the NFL hates when players don't admit wrongdoing or show remorse, right? So here's the rub. If he cooperates with child services, he has to say he did nothing wrong. Because if he says he does something wrong, he's going to get charged criminally, right? But the problem is if he does that and says he did nothing wrong, then we know that the NFL is going to go and figure out and gather information and Goodell is going to screw him because he's going to say, you didn't admit wrongdoing. You see the catch-22? If the, if Tyreek Hill says, I'm guilty, the kid's out of the house. If he says, I'm not guilty, Goodell is going to go, dude, you're guilty. How's he winning this one? Right? So he can't admit it and he can't deny it and it's going to be a mess. So if Goodell finds that he's not responsible this is what this guy says for anything that happened he still says this guy gets he gets about two games because the optics are bad and I there, there's no way Tyree Hill doesn't get suspended. he's going to get something. he's getting at least two games for bringing bad negative attention to this to, to what's happening fact. Then he's saying, if Goodell finds that there's enough evidence linking him, then he got a guy who denied, he was lying, and then he's a repeat offender. And then at that point, he could get six games, he could get ten games, or he could be suspended for the year, is what this guy's saying. So, this is a very, very... Uh, crazy situation it really is it's a crazy situation if he admits his guilt then the kid's going to leave this home there's no way they're going to let that happen there's no way so then they just have to hope that Goodell doesn't find anything and then if Goodell sniffs out that he's guilty and he won't admit it because he can't admit it now what do you say to Goodell? Do you get in a room with Goodell and a lawyer? See, here's maybe what I would do. If I'm Tyreek Hill's lawyer, maybe I have a closed-door meeting with him and Goodell, and I say the following. There's no tape recording of this conversation. There's no proof of this conversation. Big Raj, I can't tell you that I did it, because if I do, I'm going to lose my son. But I am going to tell you I am very, very sorry for what happened and I'm very remorseful and nothing like this will ever happen again. And then I might be able to, you know, to get Goodell to give me six games, four to six games because Goodell is smart enough at that point to read between the lines to know I can't admit my guilt, Raj, because I'm going to lose little Tyreek which I don't wanna do, right? But I'm gonna tell you I'm sorry, and I didn't mean it, and I was a bad boy, and I apologize from the bottom of my heart. That probably is the right move. That's the move that needs to be made. So Tyreek Hill, if you're listening, call me up. I will represent you. I'll get you in a room with Goodell, and we'll do what we need to do, dude. And we'll get this over with. Because I think the whole deny, 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 deny thing is not gonna work here. Because if you deny, 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 you're gonna be out for 10, to, 10 games for the whole season. And we don't want that. We want you home and we want to rehabilitate you. And I might even say to Roger, say, Rog, look, I'm gonna take some anger management classes. And maybe in the four to six week suspension that you give me, that's when I'm gonna take, those anger management classes. Okay. I found a really good one in downtown Kansas City, and it's it's really three weeks long, so I know on the fourth week I'll be able to play football. Thank you, and I will hope that Rod does that for me, okay? That's what is going to need to happen. That's gonna to have to be the plan, right? So getting back to it, would I take Patrick Mahomes in round four? I don't know about that. I like me some Kelsey. Who's the running back? Is it Damien Williams? I think it is. I think it is. But are you 100% convinced he's amazing? I'm convinced he's pretty darn good. I am. But can we count on that? You count on Sammy Watkins? So in a four-point-per-touchdown league, you want Pat Mahomes in the fourth round? I don't know. I think I'd much rather Calvin Ridley or Mike Williams or Cooper Cup, or Jarvis Landry or somebody like that. That's what I think I'd rather do. Speaking of that, the next quarterback was Andrew Luck, who went in round six. Round seven, you saw Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. And then you didn't see another quarterback until round nine, when it was Baker Mayfield and Maddie Ryan. Round ten was Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, who was the eighth quarterback off the board. That seems early. And Carson Wentz, who was the ninth. Then in round eleven was Goff, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, famous Jameis Winston. I do like what this team did here. They took Kyler, Winston, and Dak Prescott. Boom, boom, boom. Rounds 10 through 12. That's nice. In a best ball league, between Kyler and Jameis, that's really good in a best ball. Those are really good quarterbacks to have. I think they're really, because one of them should have a good game each week. Don't know which one, but one of them should have a good game each week. I think that was pretty good. And by the way, in a best ball draft, I think you need three quarterbacks. I mean, I guess if you have Mahomes, maybe you don't. Probably would have done that. So this team here took Mahomes and Nick Foles. That might be a problem. But, you know, at the end, it gets kind of ugly. You know, once you hit round 13, you're looking at Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr. And then uh, then it goes drops to uh, Mariota and Nick Foles and Joe Flacco and Eli Manning. And then you're like, oh, (laughs) that's just bad. Right? So, you got to pay close attention in best ball drafts. But we'll continue to break it down what some of these guys did. Did they make the right plays? Who were some guys that went earlier than others? But I'm looking forward to having my next guest on with me. My next guest is a senior writer at Gridiron Experts, and he does a podcast called The FF Faceoff. His name is Anthony Servino, and you can follow him at the real NFL guru, not the fake one, the real one. All right, And we'll break down some of these players, some of these guys. We'll get another take out there. What does Anthony Servino think? Is Mahomes a round four quarterback? I don't think he is. How many games is Tyreek Hill going to get? Let's see what he has to say. You know where we're going to do this? When we return right after this.
3: Somebody you not know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621.
1: all right we're back dr roto full-time fantasy remember i need you guys to go to play ffwc.com you got to go there right now when you go there you hit our draft lobby you're going to see whether it's draft and go best ball drafts the online championship the fantasy football world championship we've got a great draft room we've got a great prizing structure where you guys get the payouts that you deserve There's no trades, there's no collusion, great transparency. So remember, play FFWC.com, go there now, sign up for a league, you'll be glad you did. All right, time now for a uh, new guest on our show, looking forward to having him. He's a senior writer at Gridiron Experts, he also does a podcast, the FF Faceoff, and his name is Anthony Servino. What's up, Anthony? How are you doing? I'm doing great, Doc. How are you? Doing well today. I'm glad to have you on. I'm breaking down this best ball draft from last night and uh, Pat Mahomes went in the fourth round and I said in our league with four points per touchdown, I don't want to take a fourth round quarterback. You're drafting, you're in a league. At what point do you want to take Patrick Mahomes?
2: I mean, with the depth at the quarterback position, I've been finding myself waiting longer and longer, especially when you can get a guy like Dak Prescott, you know, into the double-digit rounds, especially uh, in best ball. So a player like Pat Mahomes, I would probably wait until the fifth, but he isn't lasting that long. Right. No, but it's even, if you it... wait, even if you wait another round or so, you can still wind up with – a Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers or Andrew Luck?
1: No, it's true. Luck went in round six. Rodgers and Watson went in seven. So let me ask you about another player on the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill. So would you draft Hill? And if so, what round would you take him in?
2: Tyreek Hill, um, he is one of the more high-variance players than I'm seeing because of all the unknowns surrounding his situation. No, he's not being charged by the authority, but he remains on the commissioner's exempt list, which means he's probably going to get a suspension, I'm thinking, at least six games, and it could be in excess of ten um, all that being said, I don't believe the NFL wants to uh, hang Tyree Hill like we've seen them kind of want to hang Ezekiel Elliott and players like that in the past. Um, so Tyree Hill, if I can get him, you know, right around, uh, you know, round eight, round ten, then I would take a shot because he could potentially be a league winner. Right. I'm almost I... starting to view Tyree Hill like I'm viewing Kareem Hunt.
1: Right, I, I agree with that. I think that he's a guy, especially in the best ball, if he comes back in the second half of the year, he might win you four weeks on his own.
0: Oh, oh, yeah.
1: All right, so let me ask you this question. The first four guys who went last night were Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott. And I think for the most of the drafts that I've been seeing, those are the first four picks. But pick five, there's been a lot of variance. There's been David Johnson, Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, all over the place. You have pick five. You're on the clock. Who are you taking?
2: At pick five, considering um, the offense... The change in Arizona, the rumors that they want to set the NFL record for most plays ran, the air raid offense. I'm going to be all over David Johnson. It was only a few years ago where he was a top two or three running back, and now you can get him all the way at pick five. I think David Johnson is poised for a bounce back year.
1: Didn't you feel that way last year, though, when Steve Wilkes was there and they said all the right things? Did you feel burned last year, or you don't care about that? You chuffed you chuff I, Cliff I Kingsbury.
2: I David Johnson last year.
1: You did? Why? I wasn't a big
2: fan of what they had going on. I wasn't a Josh Rosen guy. I didn't like the personnel they had there. And I think they have the pieces in place with Cliff Kingsbury – and Kyler Murray and the additional wide receivers and Christian Kirk coming back, I think this whole offense is is going to take a big step forward. Uh, I'm not sure if Kingsbury is going to have NFL success, but I think he's going to have a a really good offense.
1: He's going to have fantasy success, that's for sure. So let's take a look at the tight end position. And what we've been seeing is that Travis Kelsey is a solidified second-round pick. We've been seeing George Kittle go in round three, and we've been seeing Zach Ertz go anywhere from round two through four. What's your thoughts on tight end? Where do you take your tight end, and how do you approach the position?
2: Tight end, I don't have a lot of stock in, in the big three. I'm addressing tight end not as, as deeper as I am with quarterback. But I'm taking a similar approach where I am kind of waiting to take my tight end and then I am also going to handcuff myself with another tight end uh, a few rounds later and I'm going to stream the matchup. You know, hey. if I can get a player like a Jared Cook and a Mark Andrews or a Mark Andrews and a Jimmy Graham and I'm just going to play the matchup in the hot hand. And there's nothing against any of the big three tight ends. But I think there's other value uh, that high in the draft that I want to take a shot of.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I think I agree with that. I think sometimes you're better off with two or three guys, preferably two, because I don't want to waste a pick on a third guy. And then have two guys, you know, let's just say like you, you know, Trey Burton and Austin Hooper. And each week I just bring in, depending on the matchup, Play the guy who's stronger. do you think you could win if if you do that successfully?
2: I think so. you know if you look at um I don't have the ADP in front of me, but I you know in the fourteenth round in PPR leagues, I'm seeing a line of you know Trey Burton, Jimmy Graham, uh, these type of players who are they were both top ten top twelve tight ends last year. Uh, They both saw a a heavy amount of targets, especially Jimmy Graham. I think he finished with, like, 91 targets. When he's entering year two with Aaron Rodgers, I think that touchdown upside that uh, we were overdrafting him for last year, that's still there. And I think his second year in this offense with Aaron Rodgers, we're going to see a a big bounce back year from Jimmy Graham. And Trey Burton, too, he finished as a tight end eight in PPR. Mitchell Trubisky, um, I didn't see a lot of him this offseason, but the biggest issue with him is his deficiencies throwing the ball to the outside receiver. I think Trey Burton entering his second year as a starter, because he was never the starter of Philly. He flashed, and last year was really his year one in this system, year one as the tight end one. I think Trey Burton still has a lot of value left, and he's going in the 14th round, which is kind of ridiculous.
1: Well, let me ask you about Trubisky there for a second. I love the coach, but there are a lot of weapons there, and they added more weapons. You got Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson, and you got Montgomery, and you got Tariq Cohen and Mike Davis. Do you think there's ever a case of too many weapons on a team?
2: Not with the way we see uh, injuries in this league. You know, I don't think there are too many mouths to feed. I think there's enough uh, to go around.
1: All right. What about Mitch Trubisky's accuracy issues? Do you think those can be cured?
2: In time. I think so in time. But the only players outside the running backs that I'm buying in Chicago are Trey Burton and Anthony Miller right now. I'm not touching the outside receivers. I like... Um, Trubisky to work the middle of the field and and the red zone, and that's Anthony Miller and Burton. I mean, Miller, his rookie year, he didn't catch a, a lot of volume, but he scored seven times, right? Right around seven times.
1: All right, we're talking to Anthony Servino. He's a senior writer at Gridiron Experts, and he also does a podcast called the FF Faceoff. And you can follow him at Twitter at the Real NFL Guru. So, uh, I want to talk to you, Anthony, here about the San Francisco 49ers backfield. You've got a real mess going on. You've got Coleman. You've got McKinnon, last year's darling before he got hurt. You got Matt Bryda. Is there a guy there that you like more than the others? Will you take a cha- shot on any, or you just avoid the situation altogether?
2: Um, from. What I'm seeing in off-season rumors and reports, Kevin Coleman is probably going to be the guy. But they are still paying Jarek McKinnon. They didn't trade him like that, like I thought they would. And McKinnon, his ADP last off-season was as high as the late second, early third round. And now he has fallen closer to the eighth or ninth round in PPR. So I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Jarek McKinnon because I I think he is falling uh, off the radar for everybody.
1: Interesting. Do you think that Shanahan has a problem of getting too many guys involved or do you think he can figure out some sort of balance in this offense because i look at debo samuel i look at Kittle, i look at dante pettis i look at marquise goodwin i feel i think that the teams have more depth than stars much like chicago do you think that the 49ers have too many cooks in the kitchen
2: i think there is an excess of talent but once the regular season begins, once week one rolls around, I think the 49ers that are going to be the most productive, especially at wide receiver, I'm putting a lot of stock in Dante Pettis. And I'm also not forgetting about Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin and Jimmy Garoppolo when they were both healthy and on the field together, uh, Marquise Goodwin looked like uh, a, a, you know, a, a burgeoning star. And all of a sudden, I guess, yeah, they drafted Debo Samuel, who um, missed a little bit of camp with a hip injury. I don't think it's serious. And also, Jalen Hurd is out. It's never good when rookies miss time, uh, no matter what point of the offseason that it is. So, I am really putting my focus on Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin, who you can get uh, you know, in the mid-double-digit round, right around 14, around 15. Especially in a basketball
1: league, I like Marquise Goodwin. Let's go out west for a bit. I have seen Tyler Lockett go in like from anywhere from the last pick in the third round to the first pick of the fourth round. Is he a number one fantasy wide receiver? I
2: I can't say yes to that because he put up big time production, big time fantasy production on right around 71 targets. And he was the only top 20 receiver not to hit triple digit targets. So he would have to have another monster efficiency year if he's only seeing, you know, 70 or maybe it goes up to 80 targets. I don't know if the passing volume is going to be there because the Seattle Seahawks want to run the football.
1: Speaking of the Seahawks running the football, are you going to get behind Chris Carson or are you going to get behind Rashad Penny?
2: I think I am going to continue to stay behind Chris Carson, but I do believe uh, Rashad Penny is going to be more involved than he was last year. I think that could be a true uh, two-man backfield, and Pete Carroll's going to run, uh, ride the hot hand.
1: Is there a guy early in the draft that you're staying away from? You're like, look, I just don't want any part of this guy. I'm not taking him. Derrick Henry. Really? Why? It is
2: hard for me to buy into Derrick Henry because of what he did and didn't do in the past. And last year, he finally began to flash, but he needs volume. He needs a ton of carries to get going. And I also believe his his stats, his fantasy stats, were padded a little bit by having that one big 45, 50-point game.
1: But don't you think that was at the end of the year when the Titans finally realized that Marcus Mariota sucks and they need to give the ball to Henry Moore?
2: Yeah, but will that continue this year? Right? I feel like we've seen this. Uh, Derek Henry gets the touches, he looks good, and then they you know mix in another back. Whether it was DeMarco Murray a few years ago, they still have Deion Lewis. And by what the Titans did this offseason, you know, adding A.J. Brown in the draft, adding Adam Humphreys, adding, you know, protecting themselves better than they have in the past by bringing in Ryan Tannehill, who is an upgrade over any backup they've had during the Marcus Mariota era. I think we might see the, the Titans pass the ball a little bit more than anybody thinks.
1: Do you think Marcus Mariota is in danger of losing his job and we might see Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback of the Titans?
2: I do. I think if Marcus Mariota struggles or if he gets injured and Ryan Tannehill comes in and looks good, I think Tannehill is going to get a fair shot. Because Tannehill, when he's healthy, he's not a terrible quarterback.
1: He's not very good, but I, I mean, look, neither is Mariota, and I think yeah, if Mar- Mariota without his, without, without his speed is just another below-average quarterback.
2: You know, be- with the injury histories of Canahill and Mariota, it wouldn't surprise me if they both, you know, started eight games apiece. As crazy as that sounds, that would not shock me one bit between uh, the inconsistent play and injuries.
1: You mentioned Dak Prescott before. Can you win a fantasy championship with him?
2: Yes. I've done it. Um, I think Dak is very underrated. In his first three years in the league, he's finished as a quarterback one. Uh, The most underrated part of his game is the fact that he has rushed for six touchdowns in each of his past three years. His rushing floor raises his fantasy value. And this is a Dak Prescott who is going as you know, anywhere between the 18th quarterback off the board or the 22nd quarterback off the board. So you can really stack your team up, stack your depth, and then go, you know, uh, just like I said with tight ends, go get a pair of quarterbacks like a Dak Prescott and even a Lamar Jackson and, and play the matchup.
1: So you think you would do a team Cousins where it's-
2: Cousins is going behind Dak. You know, you can stack Dak and Cousins and, and Coast.
1: So you would go Dak and Cousins, and you go Burton and another guy, and then you just stack up your running backs and wide receivers? Absolutely. Interesting. You don't think you need one star to help you win?
2: You mean one star at quarterback? Or at, yeah, or tight end? end.
1: Yeah, one star. You don't think the one star would help you more than two guys?
2: I think the one star at quarterback. Would probably help me um, more than anything else.
1: Well, I've but I,
2: you know, I have won uh, in the past, you know, with Dak and Cousins, and I have also won a lot with you know drafting an Andrew Luck or an Aaron Rodgers in the past.
3: But I can't
2: say to my memory I've had a ton of success uh, with the top two tight ends. That has never been my my mo.
1: Well, Anthony Servino, I appreciate you coming on today. You did an outstanding job. Follow Anthony at The Real NFL Guru. And I'll talk to you real soon, my friend, okay? Awesome. All right, thanks talk for joining later, me. God. Good stuff there. I like what he's talking about. I do. Sometimes you, if you can get two guys in a position and you can play and you can stream them in and out, you can be very successful that way. I want you guys to think about it. I, know what you, I want you guys to think about one other thing. Stay tuned right here. More full-time fantasy with Dr. Roto right after this. Alright, back with you here. Dr. Roto from fulltimefantasy.com. Had a good conversation with Anthony Servino. Talked about uh things that you can do in fantasy football. I like, I like, I don't always agree with people, but in that case, I do think, especially if you're playing best ball, I like what he's talking about. Get multiple guys, and you can win. I don't know if I can do that in a in a big high money league, though. I don't think I'm winning with Dak Prescott. And Lamar Jackson not winning the fantasy football world championship. I think for the fantasy football world championship, I'm going to need a guy. And I'm going to need the guy I had Wentz two years ago. I had Mahomes last year. Going to need that one guy to, to take you to the promised land. Need one guy who's going to be make me, make me your rich friend. Best ball, I think you could do with Multiple. Best ball, I think you can get you know two, three guys go back forth. Somebody has a good week. I get, I'm with you in that. I can work with you, but when you're playing for 150k, I need a guy. I don't know who that guy is, but I know who that guy isn't. And that's interesting. I, I want to look at that for a second. I know who that guy isn't. So what do I mean by that? I know I'm not taking Jared Goff as my one quarterback in a high-stakes league. I'm not taking Cam Newton. I'm not taking Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not taking Dak. I'm not taking Russell Wilson. There are guys that I don't think that I can win with. I want one guy, one guy who I can win with. Can I win with Patrick Mahomes? Oh, yes, I can. Can I win with Andrew Luck? If I'm a lucky, I can. Can I win with Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Can I win with Deshaun Watson? You betcha. That was my guy a few years ago. Remember that? Can I win with Baker Mayfield? I believe I can on that offense. With those receivers? Yeah, I think I can. Can I win with Matt Ryan? Maybe, I think so, I think so. I know Ronus likes Matt Ryan. I like him a little bit. I just don't love him. I don't love Matt Ryan. I, never, I didn't wake up this morning going, oh, I really have Matt Ryan as my quarterback, I'm really happy. I, I never feel that way. But I think I can win with him. I can win with Wentz. I don't know if I can win with Kyler Murray, but I don't know if I can't. I'm undecided. I might be able to win with him. I might. If this offense is what everybody thinks it is. But never forget this. And I'm not trying to poo-poo Kyler Murray because I'm a fan. Okay? I'm a fan. There was no better college football coach than Steve Spurrier. He was good. The old ball coach. You look down here in Florida. Steve Spurrier is a god. All right? Steve Spurrier could run for governor of Florida and win. By 10 points. Out with Rick Scott, out with Ron DeSantis, and with Steve Sparrier, I promise you. But when he got to the NFL, his offense was stinky. Stinky poo-poo. He was going with Danny Werfel because he knew his offense. Didn't matter. Danny Werfel, good college quarterback, not good pro quarterback. So Kyler Murray, good college quarterback. Cliff Kingsbury, good college coach. Does that translate to the pros? Don't know. I do think that the Cardinals have the right pieces. Butler. Isabella. Kirk. Fitzgerald. Johnson. Good starting point. Bad offensive line. Can I win with Kyle Burry? Maybe. TBD to be determined. Can I win with famous Jameis? Yes and no. No in that Jameis will always let you down. Jameis will always let you down. But the yes is I love Bruce Arians. So if I draft Jameis, it's clearly because I believe in Bruce Arians and I believe he can fix this guy. The problem is this. Come week 10, Bruce Arians may figure out that Jameis sucks and he needs to start over, and then he's going to dump this guy out because he's going to know. He's going to say to his people, this guy sucks. I can't win with him. I want this guy out. Get this loser out of here. See ya. It's going to happen. So either Jameis takes off and becomes a star quarterback. Or he's going to find himself on the first plane out of Tampa. Because Bruce Arians didn't come back to the NFL to lose. Came back because Tampa's a nice place to retire. Nice little town there. No state income tax. Weather's good, have some pieces, but is my quarterback a knucklehead or not? He's trying to decide. Jameis says all the right things, but does he do all the right things? What he says and what he does, two different things. Can I win with him? Maybe. Can I win with Drew Brees? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Let me ask you this question. How many yards do you think Drew Brees had last year? What do you think? Did you guess under 4,000? He hasn't been under 4,000 yards uh, since 2008. 5069 4388 4620 5476 5177 5162 49 52 48 70 5208 43 34 39 92. Yeah. You know why? Because they're running more. Now he still had some games where he was fantastic. But I want to read you, I want you guys to listen. Week 12 through week 16. Are you ready? 15 for 22, 171 yards. Four touchdowns. That's good. 171 yards. Stinks. 18 for 28, 127 yards. 24 for 31, 201 yards. 23 for 35, 203 yards. 27 for 39, 326 yards and one touchdown. So Drew Brees was very good at some points of the season, and at the end, when you needed him, he was not there for you. He was not there for you. Just throwing that out there. So am I going to Drew Brees going to be my one of my guys this year? No, he's not. I'm never using Cam Newton. Bye bye. No Darnold. No Brady, no Garoppolo, no Dak, no Lamar Jackson. I think no to Mitch Trubisky. I don't like the weather. I don't want bad weather games in Chicago. Probably no to Big Ben too, because they're going to feed James Conner. So I have one more guy here, one more guy who I'm on the fence about. One more guy. So, I'm going to give you his name, and he is hanging by a thread, literally a thread, of whether or not I can go with him. Can I go with Josh Allen? I think no. But I am intrigued because the running. So, Josh Allen against Jacksonville, eight for 19, 160 yards. Ugh. But he did have 13 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown. Against Miami, he was 18 for 33, 231 and two touchdowns, They had 135 yards rushing. Against the Jets, he was 18 for 36 for 206 yards, but he went nine for 101 and a touchdown. So if I'm getting 16 points a week from him rushing and I can get another, I don't know, 10, I'm getting 26 points a week. So if Josh Allen is going to run like that, he may run himself right into my lineup. I just don't know if I can count on that. That's why I can't probably go with Josh Allen. But could I be daring and go with Jameis and Josh Allen? I guess I could. Or Kyla Murray and Josh Allen. Or Kyla Murray and Jameis Winston. That that conceptually I like. Because one of those two guys should pay off. But I have Mahomes one. I meant this is no in order. Look to Rogers three, Watson four, Mayfield five, went six, Ryan seven, Kyler Murray maybe eight, Jameis maybe nine. Maybe I got seven guys I can win with. I got to get me one of those seven because otherwise I'm going with the hodgepodge, the Ben and Trubisky. Can I win with Russell Wilson? No, not if he's th- not throwing the ball. I don't want a guy throwing 20 times a game. I want a guy throwing 40 times a game. Can I win with Phillip Rivers? I'm trying to decide. I don't think so. Let me see about that. One moment, please. Phillip Rivers is interesting because you know what he does. It's always 30 touchdowns. Maybe I can win with Philip Rivers. You know, he's very predictable. Right? He had a couple of... The problem is, he has a couple of bad games, but for the most part, 256 and 3, 226 and 2, 250 and 3, 339 and 2, 207 and 2. He gets you two touchdowns a week. You know, he's there for you. He's consistent. But the problem is with Phillip Rivers, you're not not exploding with him. I'm not getting the upside play with Phillip Rivers, and I want the upside play. I'm getting consistent play. But I'm not getting the wow factor. And you know you want the wow factor. Am I getting the wow factor with Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Am I getting the wow factor with Aaron Rodgers? You betcha. Am I getting the wow factor with Andrew Luck? Yes, you are. Am I getting it with Baker Mayfield? For sure. Am I getting it with Wentz? Yes. So... I believe I need to be in the first seven quarterbacks. That's where I think I need to be this year. The question is when. Because I really don't want to take my guy until round 10 or 11. I don't want to do it. I will go earlier if I have to, but I don't want to. I really want to spend those first eight rounds for sure, building up my team. Running back, receiver, running back, receiver, running back, receiver, receiver, running back, build your house, build your house, build your house. That's what I wanna do. So if I can be four running backs and four receivers by the end of round eight, or five and three or something like that, that's where I wanna be. And then in rounds nine, 10, 11, and 12, I know I need a tight end and a quarterback. I just don't know when, which rounds. Maybe nine is the tight end. Maybe ten is the quarterback. I don't know. Maybe twelve is. I don't know. But I know I got to get one of the two of those guys in those rounds. That's what I need to do. But every draft is different. You know, this is a best ball league, so quarterbacks get pushed up. If this was a world championship, I don't know how. I think people will take it much later. People take it much later. Right? Because nobody wants to get, nobody wants to be the first guy to take a quarterback. They just want to build and build and build and build. And that's what I've been teaching you guys. Okay? That is what I've been teaching you guys. So, give you a little uh, news here, a little NBA news today. Mike Conley was traded to the Jazz. For Grayson Allen, Kyle Corver, Jay Crowder, and a twenty twenty first first round pick. So, uh, my guess is the Grizzlies take John Morant. That seems very obvious to me. And Mike Conley goes to the Jazz. There's a lot of things here that uh, Chris Paul and James Harden are not getting along, they're not playing nicely together. There's an ultimatum. I can't be together anymore. Probably won't be. My guess is Paul is gone. Harden doesn't need Paul. Trust me, Harden doesn't need him. I'll figure it out. The NBA draft tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Lots of wheeling and dealing. Lots of things happening. Let's take a quick look again at uh, the baseball. Today's baseball. The Yankees. They added another run. Oh, Gary Sanchez. Oh, he doubled to left. Uh, Two guys scored. I've heard this guy's pretty good. Tommy Pham knocks one in here. So he's done in a... Gets him off the schneid. San Diego winning 2-1 in the bottom of the first. Eric Hosmer going deep off of Zach Davies. Ryan Braun going deep off of Matt Strom. So if you have Braun and Hosmer, you're doing well. Cincinnati beats Houston 3-2. Puig had that home run. Michael Brantley with the home run. Tyler Molly goes seven innings, two earned run, seven strikeouts. Does not get the win. Roberto Osuna takes the loss. Jared Cole, six innings, six hits, eight strikeouts. One earned run. Good start. Not good enough. You thought he was going to get the win there. Right? Baltimore at Oakland. Oh, my God. This is already a train wreck. They already have... Uh, there's one out here. Yaka is pitching against Chris Bassett. I told you, Chris Bassett's is going to be good today. Already one inning, two strikeouts. Chris Bassett's not a great pitcher, but he's just good enough against bad teams. He's good against the Orioles. Maybe not against the Yankees, but he's good against the Orioles. So, that's when you want a guy like that. All right, so we covered a little... um Baseball today. I told you about an NBA trade. That's pretty exciting. Uh, The NFL. Josh Gordon working out with Tom Brady. Saints and Mike Thomas. Not not close to an extension yet. By the way, last year, Matt Stafford played through broken bones his back. That is a tough guy, dude. And his wife is super tough, too. She's just been very sick as well. So maybe Matt Stafford has a better year than we think. Because that guy couldn't move. Broken bones in his back and he's playing football. What a trooper! All right, time now to put away the insurance cards, put away the copay. The office is closed, my friends. I want to th- thank my friend Jeff Burgesson for joining us. Jeff's with Fantasy Golf Insider. We covered in our first hour today PGA DFS, little Bryson DeChambeau, little Justin Thomas, names: is Bud Watson, Charlie Hoffman. Names you should watch at the Travelers. We talked to Anthony Servino in hour number two. Got some best ball strategy from him and enjoyed that. But uh, back tomorrow with more. Good luck tonight. If you're playing MLB DFS, check out playffwc.com. All right? This is Dr. O saying be well. Take care.